Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Hello, River family. Welcome on this Christmas weekend. So happy that you would join us online. We are excited about what God is doing, not only in East Missoula, but Star Valley, Malawi, the jail, Alaska. So excited to see what God is doing. He has been so faithful. And so we are grateful that you're here and that you're joining us. Uh, even though it's, it's remote this weekend, uh, we, we pray that you had an amazing Christmas. I know that some of you are watching this on Christmas Day and others of you are watching it the day after. I hope you enjoyed that time of worship. Seth and the team did an incredible job of just coming out together. And, and you, uh, what I love is it's not a performance. They worshiped together and we just got to join in with them. So I thought that was amazing. And, uh, and again, we're just so grateful. I know that it's a day where, where you've been building up to and now all the presents are unwrapped from under the tree and the garbage can is stacked high and maybe you're dealing with a leftover turkey coma or whatever it is that your tradition is at your house. So I know that sometimes even just taking the moment to tune in to church is maybe something that, that is a struggle. So I'm just so grateful that you're here and I'm glad that you've chosen to allow us to come into your home for just a few moments and share a little bit of God's word on this very, very special weekend. And we, we hope and pray that your weekend was amazing and that, that you did take some time to remember just the amazing gift that God has given when he gave us his son. So I wanna take just a few moments today and I wanna, I wanna spend uh, some time just looking at God's word as we're about to step into a new year. And I know you're going, whoa, 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 whoa. We're just finishing one holiday. Can you relax a little bit? But I, I think it's important this week before the new year to spend just a little bit of time uh, looking and, and identifying things inside of ourselves that we would say, you know, I want to do that better as I step into this new year. Now, don't get me wrong. It's literally the flip of a calendar. It's not like any big thing is going to change other than maybe a mindset that we can say, I want to do this different. I want to be better at this. So I was thinking about that idea of our faith and the, and the reality of that so many of us um, have gotten to a place where we're in a culture where it's, it's easy to just get so wrapped up in so many things that oftentimes our faith becomes one of those things. And I guess what I would like to encourage you as believers, those of you who are watching and you believe in Jesus Christ and you've said, I'm gonna be a follower, I would just encourage you during this time, over this next week, to just say, God, would you show me some areas of my life where I have made you one of many as opposed to the one? Because we're called to follow him and chase after him. Just a few weeks ago, we spent some time looking at Daniel as we're in this, in this series that we've called The Word Became Flesh. The reality is, is, is as we looked at Daniel's life, we saw that there were things that pointed to Jesus. And so, so uh, but part of that was Daniel was a faithful man. He every day would go up to the second story of his house. He'd open the windows and he would pray three times a day. And even when it became outlawed, he still did it. Why? Because it was his character. He understood that the most important thing that he could be would be a servant of the Most High King. So what would it look like if the church today said, you know what, no matter what, we want to be known as a servant of the Most High King. We want people to know that about us more than they know anything else about us. So today I want to just take a few moments. I, I know, 
I know you're sitting at home. Some of you got your coffee sitting in front of you. You, you know, you're snacking on your leftovers from, from this big, great weekend. And so you're not up for a big, huge, long message today. I understand that. But I just want you, I want to have your attention for just a few moments as we look at God's word. And I want to look at another story that we also find in the Old Testament because we've been learning that the Old Testament points to the new and the new points to the old. Why? Because it's, it's not two separate books. It's a book. And so, you know, Jesus taught on things from the Old Testament. The Old Testament showed us Jesus in so many different instances. So it's important for us to realize the totality of Scripture, as I've been telling you. So I want to look in the book of Jonah. Jonah chapter 1, starting with verse 1, says this. One day long ago, God's word came to Jonah up on your feet and on your way to the big city of Nineveh. Preach to them. They're in a bad way. And I can't ignore it any longer. But Jonah got up and went the other direction to Tarshish, running away from God. He went down to the port of Joppa and he found a ship headed to Tarshish. He paid the fare, went on board, joining those going to Tarshish as far away from God as he could get. But God sent a huge storm at sea, the waves towering. The ship was about to break into pieces and the sailors were terrified. They called out of desperation to their gods. They threw everything they were carrying overboard to lighten the ship. Meanwhile, Jonah had gone down to the hold of the ship to take a nap. He was sound asleep. The captain came to him and said, What's this? Sleeping? Get up. Pray to your God. Maybe your God will see that we're in trouble and save us. So, it's an interesting story. Jonah's a preacher. God says, I need you to go preach. These people over here, they're bad. I get it. They're a mess. That river... We love messy people because it's such a huge testimony to see what God can do. So, but Jonah's not in that mindset. Jonah's like, they're messy. They don't deserve to be saved. They don't deserve God. So he basically says, I'm not going. Instead of going to, to Nineveh, he goes down to Joppa, catches a boat the other direction. He says, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm not doing this. I don't like what God's instructions are for me. So I'm going to head in my own in my own way. As they're going, storm comes, hits. They're all praying to their gods. What is happening? They wake Jonah up. Jonah finally admits. He goes, listen, I'm running from God. So maybe if you throw me overboard, everything will be okay. So they do. They throw him overboard. Big fish comes, swallows him. And we see that he's in that fish for three days. Now, when we're in this series, we've been talking about things that are foreshadowing so again, the three days is significant because he's basically in a tomb for three days, same as Jesus. Um, those are all little things where God, I believe, puts things in the Old Testament so that we can see them pointing to Jesus and to the redemption that happens. So Jonah now finally repents and the, the fish spits him up onto the shore. And what happens when, when, when he comes out of that tomb is redemption happens to a people that are lost and hurting. And so again, these are all things that are important for us to pay attention to because that thing definitely points to the New Testament. And we see that even in the New Testament, it mentions Jonah. So these are not made up fairy tale stories. These are real. And they're all part of a, of, of a story that unfolds to tell us about God's great love for us. And there are a lot of directions that you can go with this, but I want to I take a few moments and I want us to look at it from this perspective, that sometimes the simplest act of faith can bring out the most profound changes in the life of a Christian. Can you remember something in your life 
that God told you to do that you didn't obey? What was it? Like, just take a moment right now. Can you think of something in your life that you knew you were supposed to do, but you didn't do it and you didn't obey? Or what about, what is something in your life that God has told you not to do, but you did it anyway? For some of you, that might be easier to think of. Things that you know, whether it's God specifically told you or whether it's God told you through his word not to do something and you still did it anyway. The two deepest words in your vocabulary are yes, Lord. Those are so important in us, in our vocabulary as believers. We need to understand that that is actually who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be a people that when God asks, we always respond with yes, Lord. And I'll just say this, if we would all get to, and, and I'm not there yet, I haven't arrived at this place, but if we could all as believers get to a place that whenever God asks us something, we would say yes to him, we would not only transform ourselves, we would transform our family tree, but we would also transform the world because that's all he's looking for is believers who will say yes, Lord, in every scenario. Wherever you need me, I will go. Wherever you ask me, I will. Whatever you've created me to be, I want to be that. Like if we would do that, it would change everything. And so Jonah, he was a preacher. And he could hold his own in all theological discussions, I'm sure. And he would know how to bring the word and all of those things. But the one thing that he did wrong was he didn't say yes when God asked him to. So you could be watching this today and you could go, you know what, I've been, in, I've been in church my whole life and I know the Bible inside and out. Jason, I knew this story before you even started saying it. I could have I quoted it better than you quoted it. And that's all fine and that's good. But at the end of the day, it's not about how much you know, it's about how much you're willing to say yes. Because see, Jonah knew it all, but he didn't do it all. He knew what God wanted, but he wasn't doing what God wanted. We can, we can know everything. We can know that, that Jesus is the Son of God. We can understand the nativity story and we can understand all of these things. But if we don't actually apply what we know, it's actually pretty worthless. Because God has designed us to chase after him and to be who he's asking us to be. So as we look at this, we see one day long ago, God's word came to Jonah. And God said, get up on your feet and go to the city of Nineveh to preach to them. They're in a bad place. They're not doing good. And God loves people. So he sends Jonah. God sees people. He loves them. He sees Jonah. He's a man who he's called to be his voice. So he's saying, listen, these people need my voice. Go to them. But Jonah doesn't want to. Why? It's not convenient. It's not who he likes. It's not what he wants to do. As we continue to look at this story, Jonah got up and not only did he not go to where God sent him, he went the opposite direction of where God was sending him. So for some of us, we sit here today and we need to understand as far from God as you have been in a while, you're as far from God as you've been in a while because you're not only are you not listening to God, you're actually doing the opposite of what God is asking you to do. You wonder why you don't feel God like you once did, but you've gotten onto a boat figuratively going in the opposite direction. You're not going where God's asked you to go. Some of you, you have a call on your life that he's placed in you a long time ago and you've put it to the side because A, it's not convenient. B, it might disrupt your life. C, it might cost you something. And because of that, you don't want to do it. And because of that, 
you now feel as though you're far from God. Maybe, maybe today you might need to ask yourself, do you worship the American dream or the God of the universe who holds your dreams? See, some of you, we're, we're chasing after what, what the world says we need. We're looking for more money, more stuff, more things. Now, I, I know people in my life right now who are, they're always starting new businesses and trying to gain more money and trying to accomplish bigger things and, and trying to just chase that, that dollar so that they can find some sense of security. But the reality is, is that security never comes because it's not meant to come through our stuff. It's only meant to come from him. And so you're, you're on this boat and you're going the wrong direction and God is saying, no, 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 I designed you to go to Nineveh, but you're not going. You're sitting back and you're, and you're chasing after things that you think are important. At the heart of this story is essentially a guy who kind of flipped off God and said, I'm gonna do my own thing. That may be a harsh way of saying it, but it's kind of what he did. God said, this is what I need you to do. And instead of even just sitting put and saying, well, maybe someday, God, or can I have another week? Can I think about it for some time? Instead of doing any of those things, he not only didn't go, he went the other direction. I have had people leave the church offended because we've talked too much about sin or premarital sex or living together outside of marriage. I've had people leave the church because they... they felt convicted over things that the Bible says that they should or shouldn't be doing. And out of that, it's funny to me how we use this book as a guide for our life, but we can still make somebody feel justified to leave. And I know that the Bible is, there's certain topics that, that you could maybe interpret things in different ways, but some of them are so black and white. And yet you'll have people who are believers who, who will try and justify things like living with their, their partner instead of getting married. You'll have people that will try to justify all kinds of things because that's how they want to live. And honestly, when God is clear on this is what I need from you, it's so much better to obey. Because when we obey, we figure out this calling that God has on our lives. Some of you have, maybe you haven't gotten on the boat to go to Tarshish, but you have said, not today. I'm going to put you on hold, God. I'm going to not do that right now because I'm just not 100% sure it's what I want or it's inconvenient in the moment. Can I just say this? You'll never put God on hold or run from God and be better off than you were before. You're never going to be in a position where you run away from what God is calling you to do and find yourself better than you were before. So look at what happens. He goes down to the port of Joppa and he found a ship headed to Tarshish. Every time you run from God, your life will diminish. There is only one way away from God and his will and it is down. You will begin to look less and less like the person you were created to be. So some of you sit and you're watching this today and you're dissatisfied with your life and where you're at. But maybe... It, and maybe it's financially, maybe it's relationally, but you keep heading to Joppa looking for a boat going a different direction than what God has said. Men who sit here having heard God's uh, comment about being the priest of your home, but you continue to allow everything else to take precedent in your life and in your home, and now you sit dissatisfied, I want you to know that that is you. You are escaping from the plan that God has for your life. 
He has called you. He has made it clear in his word that you are to be the priest of your home, that you are to be the one that is the spiritual head of your household. And so if you're choosing to not do that, if you're choosing to say, well, my wife is better at it than me, or we'll, we'll do church when it's convenient, but when it's inconvenient, we won't. When we feel like it, we'll stay home. When it comes to reading the word, or when it comes to, to teaching my children about God's word and about how we're supposed to live, in a time right now, we need to step up and do those things. But you may find yourself in this place where you're like, boy, I... I'm dissatisfied with everything, but you haven't been stepping up. You've been heading down to the pier, looking for a boat going a different direction. God's call to you is to lead, and you are withering instead of leading. You are cowering instead of stepping up. Women, God's word tells you to honor your husband, and you diminish and despise and then wonder why your marriage isn't what you'd hoped. Can I tell you, he's made it clear. He's given us direction. This is how you have success. So if you're not seeing success, then are you abiding by his word? So then we see that Jonah gets down there and it says that he paid the fare. When you run from God, it costs you something. It costs you something for sure. When you disobey God, others will get in the crossfire of your disobedience as well. So so Jonah not only goes down to Joppa, but now he has to pay for it. Some of you have, you know what God's called you to do. You know that God's word says certain things about the way that you're living or the things that you're doing. And you continue to just say, well, I want to do my own thing. But it will cost you something. Verse 4 says, but God sent a huge storm at sea and the waves were towering the ship was about to break into pieces. And I wanna stop here for just a moment. I wanna land for just a second because there are three different kinds of storms as we look at this. The enemy is in full attack. Maybe Jesus needs the storm to show his power. We see that example with him and the disciples. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Jesus is sleeping in the boat. Huge storm comes. The boat's gonna be torn apart. They wake Jesus up like, Don't, aren't you afraid? Jesus stands up. And what does he say? Peace be still and the storm calms. So that's a storm that comes into your life, not by any fault of your own, but it's a storm that comes into your life so God can be glorified because he'll stand up and he'll calm the storm for you and then you can give him praise and honor and glory. So those are things that we can't control. Every one of us has those storms that will come into our lives. The second kind of storm is people in your life who are disobeying God and you're getting the effect. So look at these sailors. These sailors got on the boat. They were supposed to go from Joppa to Tarshish. That was their job. It's what they did day in and day out probably. And so they were used to it. They did nothing wrong. They were doing what they were supposed to do. But why did all of a sudden they find themselves in a storm that looked like the boat was going to be torn apart? It's because of who they were around. So they were around Jonah and because Jonah was disobeying, it cost them something. They threw all their stuff overboard, right? Because all of a sudden they're like, we don't know how to handle this. So they just start launching stuff overboard. And some of you, you've lost a lot because of the people that you've allowed into your life. I'm going to pause there for a moment. I can't hear you right now, but that's a great place for you to say amen. Because for many of you, that's where you find yourself today. You've, you've allowed other people 
what you, the way you're trying to live your life, the way you're trying to be at home, the way you're trying to be with your children, you're really trying to be what God's asked you to be. But because you've allowed other people into your life that are continually disobeying, they're continually trying to do the wrong thing, or they're not allowing God's voice to be heard, you've got friendships right now, and I'm just saying this to you because I believe that even though this is recorded and all that stuff, that, that the Holy Spirit can still work through this, I believe with all my heart that there are some of you that you know you have some friendships in your life that you need to release. You need to get them out of your boat. Because every time they're in your boat, there's a storm that follows them. And it's not good for you. It's not good for your family. It's not good for your situation. And so you need to be able to identify those things. And you need to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to jettison a few people out of my life because they continually cause storms. The third storm that can come in your life is your disobedience causing the storm. And so the Bible says that the ship was about to break into pieces. And some of you find yourself watching this today and you feel broken your home is broken, your life in general is broken, maybe you are on the brink of going into pieces. Today you must determine the, the cause of the storm. So if you can look at your life and say, you know what, I've been obedient, I'm really trying to follow God and, and, and be who he's asking me to be, and so I don't think that this is a storm that came out of disobedience, then that's fine. If it's, if, it's, uh, if it's that you've got people in your life that are coming in and out of your story, and, and every time it feels like drama follows them, then it's time to jettison them. Or is it a storm that, that, Jesus, that God's allowing in your life because he's teaching you something? I've had storms in my life that I had to learn. He was showing me something, something about me or my character or something about things around me and just trying to set me up because there's something bigger coming. And so I had to go through a storm to get to the other side. So if you have Jesus in your boat, he has the one that's determining your course and you can trust him and then you will get through that storm because he's with you. If you've allowed a stranger on your boat who is disobeying God and then his disobedience will bring destruction to you, you need to, you need to jettison them. And if you've heard God's voice but you've made excuses to go in another direction and now your boat is being torn apart, it's time for you to realize that. And it's time to turn back and to go back to that last no that you said to God. To go back to that place where you can say, you know what, God, I, I need to trust you. For some of us, there's an actual thing where maybe God has spoken to you, like it's a dream or a, a plan or something that he's asked you to do, and you've just kept saying no, no, no. Maybe you didn't say no, but you said not now. Not now is the same as no. I don't know if, you've, if you have kids, you understand that when you say, hey, I need you to take the garbage out, and they say, not now, they might as well just say no to me, right? It's the same thing. And so for some of you, that's what you've done. And because of that, because you've done that, or maybe you've even turned and gone the other direction, I just want to encourage you right now, figure out what that last no was and go back to it and turn it into a yes. Because God doesn't want you to be entombed in a fish. He wants to send you to where he's designed you to go, and he wants to use you to change the world. Now, Jonah's story is an interesting one because Jonah then didn't like the results of what had taken place. But the reality is that shows a heart issue. Because when God designed you to go, he designed Jonah to go be a preacher. He said, I'm, I'm going to use you to change these people. This is such an important lesson for us as believers. If we can understand the importance of the fact that God created you, God designed you with a purpose. He didn't have extra material and just decided, hey, as long as I got some extra stuff, I'll put steve down there or i'll put put sally down there no he said listen there's a need there's this thing that has to happen this thing that that will make 
this world into what it's supposed to be. And so I'm going to design someone to fill that need. If all of a sudden we begin to own that and understand it, then it changes everything because then it's our yes, Lord, that actually puts things right in God's kingdom. So when God says to Jonah, go to Nineveh, I need these people to know me. And Jonah decides, I'm not doing that. What he's saying is, God, I, I don't want your plan. I want my plan. And for many of us, that's where we live our lives. We just do our own thing, thinking, well, I'm going to make this world the best that I can for me. But if all of a sudden believers would begin to be kingdom-minded and we begin to say, you know what? I'm not going to do things just that will make benefit me, but I want to do everything that I can to benefit the one who created me. It changes everything. For many of you, you'll find yourself not in a boat that's about to fall apart, but you'll find yourself in a life of purpose and, and you'll be excited to, to see what God does in and through you each and every day. Because I guarantee you that if you put your life in his hands, he wants to do something so much bigger than you. Because that's the God that we serve. He's amazing and he loves you. So if you're watching this today, my hope and my prayer is, is that even if, even if just a little bit of this sticks with you and you begin to understand that, hey, in this next week, as I'm preparing for the new year, I wanna to get to a place where maybe my, my word for the year, if you've been at River, we always say, hey, pick a word for this coming year. What is it that, that, that you feel like God is speaking to you? Maybe you, your words need to be two words and it needs to be, yes, Lord. Maybe that's your words for this year so that you can just say, God, whatever you have for me. If you, if you open a door for me in my workplace, I'm gonna step into it. If, you, if you're calling me to be the, the man of my household, I'm gonna step into that. If you're asking me to be the parent that you need me to be, I'm gonna stop worrying about what's convenient for me and I'm gonna start doing what's important to you. Because we can have all kinds of excuses to, to say not now, but the reality is, is God has big dreams and plans for us and we gotta start stepping into those and saying, yes, Lord, watch what he does. I dare you. I dare you to be that person this year. I wanna pray over you. I wanna thank you again for joining us for this special online uh, service. We're so, we're so grateful that you are here. Let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for all that you do for us. And Lord, we thank you that you designed us with a purpose and that, Father, you have a plan for each and every one of us. And so, God, I pray for every person within the sound of my voice right now that, God, we would not just be hearers of the word, but we'd be doers. That, Lord, we would understand that this book calls us to life. It calls us to action. It tells us to move. So, Father, I pray that your people would do just that, that we would move. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, I want to thank you for joining us. Have a great week. We'll see you back at church this next weekend. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.